Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge engine failure, it appears, for Erica. The smoke funneling out of the back of the car. Stanfield drives by. It's a three-guest episode with Tim Wilkerson, Justin Ashley, and Camry Caruso, all talking 2023. And it's Trip Tatum for the first time in his career. 370 flat, 330 miles an hour. Funny car talk, top fuel talk, and pro stock talk. What gets better than that? Bobby Bodie's 074, and he blows the body off the car. Going through the finish line stripe, Bobby maintains control of the automobile. This is the NHRA Insider. Number 16 is going to take out number one. He left on a, by a day and a half. Both Manson Hines bikes are out, and it is crazy town at Pro Stock Motorcycle. Hey everybody, Brian Loans back. Another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. Going to have three great guests today, a rare three-guest show. Tim Wilkerson, Justin Ashley, and Camry Caruso, as I mentioned, will touch on three of our four Camping World Drag Racing Series professional categories. There was no insider last week as I spent uh, basically the week out in California at something called the MPMC Conference, working with uh, some of our other fellow NHRA co-workers out there, meeting with a lot of aftermarket companies, talking about what NHRA's got going on and what's 2023 looking like and kind of how we can work together on some stuff. You're going to see some exciting things coming out of that work uh, that we did last week. So it was a great experience. Experience, very valuable and uh, certainly always great to get out there and, and talk to the manufacturers that are building a lot of high performance parts not necessarily billet heavy cylinder heads for a top fuel car but camshaft cylinder heads uh, and all kinds of componentry for every type of uh, conceivable vehicle you could think of it was a valuable week and uh, gave us some time to get a little bit of a news buffer built up here and i'm going to talk about some of the top stories before we get into our first guest who will be tim wilkerson and maybe he was the top story and he absolutely was the top story the announcement that tim will be part of the maynard family racing team will be carrying skag as his primary sponsor throughout the 2023 season um it's huge and i can't wait to talk to tim about the overarching implications of this. Um, he is a guy that runs that car very, very hard. We know he does. He's a guy who runs that car very, very smart. And one has to imagine that this is a, a great windfall. Levi Rain Shelp has been an unstoppably great partner for decades, and they continue to be on the side of his car. So let's not discount that. Uh, they'll be part of Tim Wilkerson's racing operation in 2023 as well. But Skag, and it's a good-looking car. If you have not seen the, the release photos of him with this thing, uh, and the the whole uh, Timmy the Tiger deal that I think it was Ron Caps took a took a frosted flakes box and put uh, and put Wilkes head over top of the Tiger, but it looked pretty funny. And I think Timmy the Tiger uh, will be one to be contended with over the course of 2023. Uh, the Mission Too Fast Too Tasty program was dropped, as you well know. That kind of came out immediately following um, our last podcast show. And and again, for those of you that may not fully grasp this concept, uh, twelve times over the course of the regular season. The semifinalists during qualifying, they don't have to make extra runs. It'll be done during qualifying. will square off for prizes, for money. Um, the, the purses are big. The purses are meaningful. And uh, for these 12 events, you're going to see this kind of redemption situation where somebody lost in the semis gets to re-race the people that they competed against and maybe uh, make up some financial gain and some championship points to be applied once the U.S. Nationals close and we go into the countdown. So um, it is a great program, an exciting program, something different than we've ever done before in NHRA, and that's going to make our qualifying uh, that much more fun this year. It's going to be really pretty great. Uh, the new Dodge liveries were released using the sublime color. That silver and black last year was classy and cool, but for this 2023 season, Matt Hagen and Leah Pruitt will be wearing black and the famed sublime, a color that was introduced by Dodge in the early 1970s, one of their famous muscle car colors. You know, they had Go Mango or Go Mango. They had Pink Pan Panther Pink, uh, Sassy Grass Green, Sublime, and they had different names for Dodgers and Plymouths, but uh, it's great. Great callback to the past, and certainly it's going to be a great way to celebrate um, the the challenger last call situation that's going on right now where they're producing uh, what are going to be the last run of these challenger body styles or these challenger chassis as we know them and we'll find out what's going on in the future great rumors circulating around dodge regarding um horsepower coming in the future and pistons and things of that nature so we'll keep you posted on that as time goes on don't want to let any cats out of any bags but don't uh, don't panic too hard about uh, about the passing if you will the, of the torch from the great challenger onto whatever comes next uh, there are there are drivers 
uh, getting ready to license in Top Fuel. Drivers that have never had licenses in Top Fuel are getting licenses. Uh, there's a young man down in Florida uh, that is going to be licensing, in my understanding, in the next couple of weeks um, with the hopes of uh, getting out and running some races this year and then expanding that program ahead. So that is a young, upstart, upcoming Top Fuel racer who will be also spending time in an A-Fuel car this year who has graduated himself from junior dragsters up and forward. Great news for Ryan Ayler as he has re-signed El Bandito Yankee Tequila for the 2023 season. I think that's a great endorsement of how hard that team has worked. And listen, he'll be the first to tell you that they did not necessarily see the results that they wanted to see last year for the effort that they placed into their team and their and their blood, sweat, and tears. But they worked hard enough to impress Bandero, or rather El Bandito Yankee Tequila. And by impressing El Bandito Yankee Tequila, they maintain that relationship, which will help them move forward. I look forward to seeing Ryan Ayler attack this year, kind of with a chip on his shoulder, and see what he can do to erase some of that bad taste out of his mouth from last year. So good news there with El Bandito coming back. Um, so the another the second rider for Vance and Hines was named. Gage Herrera will be the rider on top of that motorcycle. And, and this is what a lot of us began hearing about immediately after the season ended, that it was likely going to be Gage Herrera. Nobody would confirm it, uh, but that was the rumored du jour for the last couple of months, and it was confirmed by Vance and Hines. Gage uh, has has proven himself to be a capable rider. He has acclimated himself to Pro Stock Motorcycle quietly, perhaps, but he has made it made a nice transition into the class. His runs were very composed. Um, to be you know brutally honest with you, he was not on a front running motorcycle, but he was consistent in riding what he had so the obviously the theorem there is you take a a good solid rider with great fundamentals and put them on what could be one of the best bikes in the category and then you make everybody else come chase you so gage herrera will be wearing the vance and hines colors and this is a big big step moment for him in his career uh it's going to be again fun to watch fun to see how he takes it all in fun to see how he races on this uh this team that has a lot of hopes this year they are very 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 much geared up uh, to take on a world championship hunt. So we're going to find out how Gage Herrera deals with that. And, you know, with Shirok uh, Motorsports, this is a story that came out. Shirok Motorsports uh, purchased Terry McMillan's Top Fuel Dragster. Uh, Sydney Shaw will be driving. Uh, Sydney Shaw, a uh, professional barrel horse racer or a barrel racer on horses, is a diminutive figure, but she is very strong, has, uh, of course, great athletic acumen to be doing what she's doing with barrel, barrel racing. And supposedly they're going to come out and run a, a good handful of races. Uh, Buddy Hull has hired Mike Guger to be his crew chief full-time. Hull says he's going to run a minimum of eight races this year, and hopefully more than that. So uh, once again, it is investment. It is incremental growth. It is young drivers getting licensed. It is the Chirac Motorsports team buying a top field drag, so they're going to strike out on their own. It is the expansion of schedules from the likes of people like Buddy Hull. It is the Zizzo team with a with a uh, assembled car that they are going to be uh, bringing out this year for however many races. We'll find out. They obviously pick their spots, but it's all these little things popping up. Not the big fireworks display of 2022, but all these little grass sprouts kind of coming up out of the ground, which uh, should make all of us in the sport happy and smile. That really is all the news that's kind of fit to print between the last show we did and this one. There's been other stories, too. You should go to NHRA.com to see literally all of them. And you should also investigate most of this news on NHRA.com because um, as much as I've given you headlines, they give you the in-depth story. So go to NHRA.com for that. Uh, you can also catch up on some of the content we've been posting. Some great Nitro Time Machines. We did a Nitro Time Machine live with JR, uh, rather with Sean Langdon and Ron Caps from the 1978 Columbus race. We'll be doing another one of those reasonably soon, and uh, it's been a good kind of content engine couple of weeks. But now let's move into another type of engine, another type of conversation, and this is going to be with a man who has um, made the biggest news of the last couple of weeks, announcing his partnership with Maynard Family Racing and, most importantly, with Skag as his primary sponsor. When we come back on this episode of the NHRA Insider, we're going to catch up with Tim Wilkerson as our first conversation in the show. Don't go anywhere. All right, so we are back now with our first guest on the NHRA Insider Podcast, a guy who made big news in the world of funny car racing not too long ago, Mr. Tim Wilkerson. How you doing, man? Hey, good morning. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what was really a momentous announcement as, uh, you know, the whole kind of coming together with the Maynard Family Racing Team, wearing the SCAG colors this year. This is a big deal. Yeah, it's a 
it really is a, it's a, it's a, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to put it. It's an emotional deal. I was with LRS for 22 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, met with Randy, uh, from Skag and he's, we all have the same kind of vision. He's a real customer and distributor oriented individual. And, and we did that with LRS for the last 15 years with hospitality and all that kind of thing. So, uh, was, it's, it's kind of going to fit right into what I've been doing forever, but just with a different person now. Yeah. And it's, and it's an interesting thing. I, I think, you know, that relationship that, that it speaks to you and it speaks to the way you race and, and how you handle yourself to, to be with aligned with somebody for two decades, which in this sport is almost unheard of. It really is unheard of. And then we look at what Skag's done to come in this sport first with, uh, with Tony Schumacher now expanding with the funny car side of things. It's fantastic. And they came in and really saw the value of what's going on out here. Right. That's what's, that's, what's really exciting for us. Like you say, uh, uh, we, we're always looking for new and innovative sponsors, and uh, Randy's, he's, he's full head on, and I, I'm uh, blessed to be involved with that group because of that. And, you know, and now I'm, I, never woke, I never woke up and said, gee, I'm going to be a partner with Tony Schumacher. That never entered my mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but I, I think that's, you know, like you say, you don't want to wish for something because sometimes you're going to get it. And, uh, I think just all of our hard work has paid off and, uh, you know, Joe Maynard and I, we, we had a lot of heartfelt talks about this and cause you know, I've, I've always been on my own yeah. and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he has assured me that we're going to, we're going to get along like, uh, like family members for our whole, uh, our whole career together here and, and, uh, that this is just the beginning and it's hopefully it's uh, going to continue for a long time. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's like in a you know, like a cop movie when the cop gets a new partner and he says, "I work alone. I don't have a partner." But now, now you really do. And and kind of in your conversations with Richard Hartman and the team, what what have those conversations been like? Is this how much does this change, if not the dynamic of the team, but maybe how you approach uh, race days and, and qualifying weekends? How does this change things? Well, I I uh, I was guaranteed by Joe that it doesn't need to change the dynamics of my team. Good. So, um, and I and I told him that right off the bat that we're uh, and he uses the word family a lot. So I I uh, told him that you know I don't want to these are my kids and I don't want to mess up my family. If you're going to mess up my family, then we need to go talk to somebody else. <laughs> and and he said no no I I uh, that's one appealing part of your group is that you guys we can tell that you're a group and that you know you live and die together and. And that's and our team's the same way, Tim. We, you know, we started out um, head first with, you know, buying stuff from Don Schumacher and and getting involved and and realized we wanted to own it all ourselves. And and then we decided we needed a funny car. And he said it's just it's happening pretty fast. So that's how we ended up together. Is you know that I, I think it was just the logistics of the thing got pretty difficult. So uh, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time there. So, you know, we look back on a situation like you had a Maple Grove um, last year when, you know, had the big fire and everything, and, and you guys were able to get that car turned around. And it was a pretty amazing deal. You know, not that you ever want to be confronted with that situation again, but now, you know, I think it brings on having this, this backup behind you, having this kind of Tony Schumacher team as part of your group now. It changes the dynamic of even a situation like that, right? I mean, you had Chad Green's guys come over and they were on it, but still, when something happens out of the norm, you know now that you have extra hands that can dive in and help. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm again. I'm I'm blessed with a ton of friends out there, Brian. You know, I mean, we had the the Napa team over there, and and the uh, uh, you know Alexis Joria's team over there, and and Chad's team over there, and so yeah, I don't, I don't think any of that's ever going to change. But the, you know, the knowledge that comes with uh, you know, Mike Neff and, and, uh, you know, we call him little Jay, John Schaefer, John, yeah. Schaefer, yeah. John Schaefer, you know, and, and we're Phil Schuler still on board there. And so we get a lot, a lot of knowledge that, uh, you know, I can tap into if I, if I get lost in my little rat maze that I play in, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> well, listen, but, they, they got, they got some things they can tap on your shoulder boat too. It's not like, it's not like your yeah. first a sled brother. It's not like that thing's slow. <laughs> no, no. And, 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 you know, Mike and I talked about that a little bit already that, you know, he's, he's like, well, you know, for, for lack of good draws, you could have been as good a car as us all year long. And, and, and we know that, yeah. you know, I don't, everybody knows when they, you get past the first round and, and funny car, it's anybody can win. So, you know, I think what this is going to bring to the table for me is just what you said is just some depth. Yeah. Um, some parts depth that we didn't have before. I mean, I raced three races in the countdown with one chassis and one body. Man, I know, you, know you guys that? were you guys were living you guys were living dangerously as far as, far as yeah. that goes. 
yeah, we were living slim there for a couple of races, but that's okay. I mean, you know, that's, Hey, uh, you know, I, and I, and Joe and I've had those conversations too. I I've told him, don't expect, don't expect my philosophy as a driver or a tuner to change. I'm not going to catch a thing on fire to win right. a round of racing right. because I, I've said forever that winning beyond all costs is not winning. That's just spending money. And so I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. And he was good with that. So I, I think we're going to have a good, uh, a good relationship. And we still have Dick Levi on for this year. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's just been a staple in my, uh, that's great. In my deal for forever, and and I didn't want to. I didn't want him to go away, and and it, it was just uh, it, it worked out okay. He's we're still going to have two or three hospitalities for him, and and I'm going to run the the green car I ran last year. I'm going to run that at Denver. That's a big race for him. Cool. So we've got a lot of exciting things that we're going to try to do, and and uh, you may see that green car in Chad's car a couple times this year too, also to so we can get Dick some extra exposure for, you know, being around as long as he has. No, it's great. So, yeah, but we, and we still got Summit and Ford still on board, so it's it's all going to be really good. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. To, here's my only problem, Brian. What's, now what's my excuse? Dang it. <laughs> right. Then right, I'm just yeah. Fat and, yeah, I'm just fat and old. I guess that's my excuse now. <laughs> Well, look, you talk about the, the look of the cars and, and the LRS colors will show up a couple of times, but the dude, the Skag car looks great. I mean, to me, oh, yeah. to me, it's an old school, like Arnie Beswick style throwback, tameless tiger kind of look with the stripes and everything on there. It's, it is pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it's bitching. I, I was really, I was really excited when we got there to do the photo shoot and I thought, well, that thing is as cool as the yeah. pictures were. And, and so it'll, it'll pop on camera and it'll look good. And, and you'll always, you know, my wife already said, she goes, I'm going to be walking around the stage lanes looking for a green car. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. It, it should be fun. I, I'm, I'm like you. I really like it. Uh, you know, the, all of this, the little associates, Rottler and Spon and, and Summit and, and they all look good on there. We, and, you know, we, we have a couple of new ones with American Coach that, that Joe brought on board. And, uh, you know, the guys from Justice Brothers are on board with us this year. Oh, cool. So we got a, yeah, so we got a lot of neat little sponsors that they have. And, and I have my little sponsors that I kept. And uh, hopefully we're going to make them all proud. I think we will. It'll be a good year. What's your uh, testing schedule looking like? What's your, you going to just hit the, the normal one in Gainesville? Or are you guys going to do something before that? No, we're just going to do the normal Gainesville. I'm actually, I'm actually swapping over to uh, DSR uh, cylinder heads. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so I don't. I, in fact, I I just had a conversation with Don Schumacher about that. He was he was called and he he said, you know, you feel free to you bug any of them guys that run my stuff because it's better than everybody's and it's great and you, you need you know. And I I thought that was nice of him. So he's he was uh, caring enough to make sure that I didn't. He said, I don't want you to burn your your motor down. I said, I'll be all right, Don. I know what I'm up to. So he's uh, he's he's uh, trying to help also. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, we're gonna miss Don out there. He's not. He's not out there every weekend anymore, which yeah. is a bummer, you know, but you know, life goes on, right? So, Yeah, the DSR name still, uh, of course, very strong, like you said, with the components and parts and pieces that are on everything. So uh, when we see him, we'll see him, but otherwise we'll just be reminded because his initials are stamped on everything out there. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> he's he's like AJ with all his stuff, you know. You, you know, we had to, we, we had some talks at the end of the year about AJ, you know, building new cylinder heads and yeah. stuff like that. Maybe we should run those, and but – you know, uh, the Maynard family has an agreement with Don for buying parts, and that that's really going to help me also because I can I can buff up with some extra parts. But uh, nice. you know, we need AJ around too. You know, I mean, we need all those manufacturers. Those guys need to be they need to be fat so we can all have them because we can't live on one guy. One guy's can't it, he can't take care of these teams. Absolute so. fact. Yeah, there's too much volume. Uh, too much volume needed out there for this stuff. Yeah, them cough them injectors and blowers off them dragsters <laughs> like Pez. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We got to have aerodynamic. You know, we got to have all those guys. We got we to everybody around to make sure that the parts are available. You know, the, all the blower people and gosh, it's 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 great. I, you know, we just lost to Danny Jessel too. I've seen that. that was yeah, a man, what loss. a guy! What a guy, Danny. Jessel. Yeah, boy, he was a Brilliant. he was a great dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was just he was a great guy to talk to and really smart. And I met him through Fred Mandolini, and him and Mandolini were buddies. And and uh, what a what a great loss to the industry that's that is. But you know, because we lost Maskins last year too. And, yeah. Golly. But anyway, yeah. but Danny, I got yeah, off track yeah. on you. Yeah, no, the neat thing, the neat thing about Danny is that, you know, he had such a great longstanding relationship with Jason Lyon. You know, Jason's going to kind of take over that Equal 8 project, which really was Danny's crowning achievement. He came up with that clean yep. sheet Equal 8 uh, engine, and, and Jason Lyon's going to carry that whole thing forward. So his legacy, uh, his legacy is far from over. That's, uh, that's for darn sure there. 
Oh, really? I didn't know that. Well, that's yeah. good because, like you say, Jason's one of them guys that can make that happen. He's, you know, he can make a garage door better. So, you know, <laughs> right. he's just a, he's just a smart guy, you know. Um, I, I, I used to pick on him a little bit when, you know, we were summit teammates, and, and uh, he always learned something every time you talk to that guy. So I was I miss him being out there, too. Yeah, absolute fact. The dude, like you said, brainy, brainy guy, and he's got a sense of humor to beat the band. He is. Uh, he's, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We can talk about his goats that fall over and or, or engine parts. You know what I mean? He was a he was a cool guy. I did some commercials with him a couple times with Summit, and uh, he was he, he was uncomfortable doing those, and it was kind of fun to watch. So. That's great. Yeah. So we look at the 2023 season now for, for Nitro Funny Car. There's been a little bit of shifting, but really for the most part, uh, other than big announcements like yours, it stayed, you know, it stayed pretty stable over the course of the year, which means in theory it's going to be as hard or maybe a little bit harder to win next year, which seems maybe impossible. But, man, it really did turn into a very exciting uh, battle down toward the end of the year. Yeah, those four or five cars that were really – they really had their stuff together there in the last two races. They they made it really interesting. So I, I was proud of Caps coming through all that and the Guido. They they uh, did exactly what they needed to do in the last couple of races there to make us all look bad. Yeah. So <laughs> I I tried I tried my best to keep him from winning. I just you know we, we did what we could do and and we made nice runs. Just wasn't quite. We were a couple hundreds behind him, you know. So and uh, we'll, we'll see. And I'm like you. It's it'll be it'll be good. To, Track prep makes a big, uh, you know, makes yeah. a big point about how things get done, and it always seems like NHRA finds an extra barrel of glue in the countdown. So <laughs> I need to make sure, need to make sure that I'm ready for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that is a giant, a dynamic part of it, and obviously we ended up with some spectacular weather at some of those countdown races too, and things uh, things got really quick in a hurry. You know, what's your thoughts kind of starting things at Gainesville? I, I'm excited for it. I mean, I'd like to be racing earlier, but but such as it is, you know, the place is going to be full, and and that's always like it always feels like a huge race at Gainesville because it always is. Yeah, we, you know they got the the baby Gators in front of it there for the you know the sportsman yeah. guys, so they'll they'll get the track all tuned up and. And we'll know a little bit about it the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that we're going to test there. And that place, that place can go either way. It's really, it's a weird place about, it can be dicey or it can be stupendous. You know what I mean? Like last year when it was cold there, oh God. Hell, I looked like, I looked like a hero until race day. And then the track was just funky, yeah. you know, so. But I don't know. Oh, it was a brutal. I mean, that whole race, uh, people tend to forget, you know, six days of rain or whatever it was, one qualifying mm-hmm. session. I mean, it was as, that was as topsy turvy a thing as it could be on Sunday. Exactly. That's the thing. I mean, when we went up that first round and, you know, knowing I just had to go down the track and win and, and the thing shook the tires and did everything wrong. And I couldn't be- get back to the starting line quick enough to have Daniel reel some clutch off of his so it would go, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Chad, Chad went all the way to the semis just going down the track, you know. So, I mean, we sometimes you got to you got to uh, hug the bear instead of kick him, you know, so I don't know. And you mentioned Chad and Daniel, uh, you're going to still be able to kind of have those same conversations with those guys that you've been having in terms of just stuff like that, information that you can get back and forth. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, any, anytime you get another car to run, you, yeah. you learn something, you know what I mean? And, and Joe is good with that too. He's good. Telling you, Joe, Joe's been really good about all my previous relationships and how I handle them and, and, uh, you know, I just need to make sure I have enough time for autograph sessions with Skag and, and their employees and yeah. distributors and, and customers. And that's not a problem. I did that every weekend with LRS. So I don't think I'm going to have any issues there. But, yeah, no, we're excited for Daniel to be it. We're going to be another year going here and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how things go. I'm going to we're going to transport some parts for off of my car onto his for this year to try to make a little more power. And OK, so, yeah. So we're, he, he ran a few 80s last year. Yeah, he's got to get him. We just got to get him tuned up a little bit more, and we we're trying to keep him in a box, you know, try to keep him from teach Chad to drive and teach Daniel to tune, and uh, and they really did well on their own the last five or six races there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for him and and Chad both, and we need good cars. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll, you know, we, we need we need them guys to beat somebody besides me. They beat me twice in the first <laughs> round of countdown. So, I told him it was a good damn thing we weren't flying home together or riding home. He, <laughs> you know, one last point I'd, I'd like to ask you about and make, I guess, is, you know, you talked about about the Maynard family, Joe and Kathy and his and his son. And, you know, these are people that, in my estimation, they want to be here for the long haul. And, and you know, you see sometimes people come in and, and get kind of uh, dazzled by the flash and dash of drag racing and they're almost as gone as quick as they came. But, man, Joe Maynard, the whole family seems like the exact opposite of that. Yeah, he, I mean, like I said, I, I'd i be lying to you if I told you I know Joe real well. I mean, we we 
we got a year's worth of relationship yeah. behind us. Um, and, and I was blunt with him. I mean, I told him, I said, Hey, I've already had one rich guy burn me and it's not going to happen again. And he was like, Nope, Tim, I'm telling you, I know you don't know me, but my integrity is all I got. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm telling you that I'm going to be in this for a long time. And, and I was talking about the guy from back in the JCIT days. Yeah. When I, I had everything I had and, and you know, Oh, well, we're going to be racing forever. I sold everything I had in the last year and a half and he was broke. Brutal. So yeah, it's like, yeah, Brutal. I'm like that. I told Joe, I said, that I'm, I do not want to go through that again because I plan on racing for a long time. And he said, nope. I said, Tim, I hope me and you are like Connie Coletta. Somebody's going to be driving us around on a golf cart and it's going to be our legacy. <laughs> nice. And I said, bless you then. So we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? But no, I, you know, you got to trust people. And, and, uh, and I, I think he's a, I think he's a trustworthy fellow. And, and hopefully uh, with it, he's got a lot of cool, uh, you know, things that he does outside of racing too. And I'm learning more about that every day. And, and so that, that speaks for his, uh, you know, for like you say, for his, who he is, right? So oh, he's got a lot of neat soldier things that he does. So anyhow. Well, man, I'll tell you what. I was excited for you. I think the whole sport's excited for you. You're definitely a guy who has uh, a, an incredible fan following of, of very dedicated fans who want to see you succeed. And and this is um, this is a great announcement. That the great partnership with Levi Ray and Shalp was enduring. It was fantastic. And and this is what a, what a kind of a neat way to segue into a next chapter. So congratulations yep. on the partnership, man. And uh, you and your teammate Tony Schumacher are going to be uh, coming out of the gate flying this year. I know it. How about that? That's exciting, isn't it? Like I said, I told my wife that one day, I said, you ever wake up and say we're going to be Tony Schumacher's teammate? I don't remember that happening. Well, Tim Wilson, thanks so much, man. It'll be fine. Thank you very much, Brian, and uh, hopefully me and you got to talk a lot. That sounds perfect to me. We'll catch you at the Gators. All right, partner. Bye-bye. Next up, it'll be time to talk to Justin Ashley. Don't go anywhere. So we welcome now our second guest onto this episode of the NHRA Insider on a snowy Tuesday here in Massachusetts. I'm talking to a guy in Jersey, I think. Where are you at, Justin Ashley? I'm in New York, but it's a snowy New York, too. So I, uh, <laughs> I get the feeling, Brian. I do. I get it. I get it. So listen, let's get right into it because uh, as snowy as it may be in our respective areas of the country, I think you're going to get to a warmer place pretty soon. When's testing start? We are. So we're actually going to start testing tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So we'll be down in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, February 1st to the 3rd. We'll be testing with Antron. Uh, we did some new things to the car that we have now. We also have a new car that should be ready probably at the end of March, so we're excited about that. But we really wanted to get ahead of testing and, and make some laughs down the racetrack before that test session prior to the actual yeah. race in Gainesville. So we're excited. The guys are excited. Our Phillips Connect team's ready to go. And, um, it's time to burn some nitro, man. I can't wait. No, it's great. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about the fact that uh, when you, we talk about what the 2023 season will look like for this team, one, I want to know if there's been any shifting of personnel anywhere, and two, the difference between the idea of building yourself into a championship contender and then understanding that you are a championship contender. Because really, it seems to me you have to approach um, your expectations and all that stuff coming into a 2023 season after the strong 22 season, maybe differently than you have in the past. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I think we certainly do. And fortunately for us, you know, the most important thing around an HRA, especially this time of the year, is continuity. Yeah. And we have that. We have pretty much all the same personnel returning. Uh, Dustin Davis has done a great job in that department. Obviously, we have Mike Green and Tom Galago uh, leading the way. So first and foremost, we have all the personnel returning. And then in terms of the shift in mentality, yeah, we spent the last few years building ourselves up to be a championship contender. And obviously... We didn't finish the season the way we wanted to last sure. year, but we know that 2023 is going to be that much more competitive, which, to be honest with you, is a scary thought. <laughs> it really because is, Because 2022, it really it's like, you know, you can qualify one, you can qualify 16, you qualify in between, but, I mean, chances are, especially even in that first round, yeah. your matchup was going to be tough. So you really had to bring your A game each and every time, but now we shift from building into a championship contender to an actual championship contender, and I couldn't be more excited. And it really speaks volumes of, the job that Mike and Tommy have done with this team. And, and we have that experience. I'm a younger driver. Um, now I have that one pressure-filled countdown under my belt, but we have a lot of guys on the team with that championship winning experience. Yeah, it's great. And, and to your point on the level of competition, it's like when you look across the spectrum of cars that we know will be making 
all, if not most of the races, I'm not looking at any of them thinking, well, this car is going to fall off, but I am looking at several of them thinking that they'll probably have a better season than they did. So yeah, it's like, it's like not everybody can end up in first place as we all know, but when we look down that line, it's like maybe everybody's almost capable of doing it. So, you know, for yourself, I'd have to think for a guy that does seem to to thrive in pressure situations. I think when we've watched you race specifically over the last couple of seasons, um, you're the type of guy that when that, when that mental squeeze is on, you, you tend to read it maybe with a smile yeah i think so i mean i think that you know confidence really comes from the team that you have behind you and i know that our phillips connect toyota racing team is up to the task so that makes my driving job that much easier i really does it gives me a tremendous amount of confidence and i think the key is when the pressure's on just to be able to treat everything the same like you said greet it with a smile to understand the circumstances but know that you know what you can't control what's happening outside the car you can't control the points at that very point in time, but you can only control what you can inside the race car. And I think that mentality has worked out well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still continuing to learn, still continuing to grow, which I think you always want to do from guys like yeah. Antron, uh, from guys like my father, from Mike Green, from Tommy DeLago, just learning more and more each and every day to take it to the next level. And I think that's so important. You look at the cars that we have around us, you know, whether it's Clay Milliken and yeah. Rick Ware getting involved, whether it's AJ second year with Coletta and Sean yeah. Lang. It's only going to get better, so yeah. we better step up and continue to get better ourselves. You know, when we talk about this partnership that uh, you have with Antron Brown, and obviously this this testing session is going to be great to have uh, you know both teams together and and really a different environment than will be present at that that really the pre race test session in Gainesville. Um, how much, I guess in a general sense, how deep does this connection go in terms of what gets shared and stuff? Because we know that Antron had that, you know, really almost a U-turn in his season last year when they made some pretty critical mechanical discoveries with the car, changed a few significant and base components and, and really turned stuff around. So is that the type of thing that gets passed back and forth? I mean, you did not have the problems he had, but if it's a matter of making a good thing better, is, is that kind of how this works? Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, when you look at it, I think individually we both have great teams, yeah. but we're better together than we are apart. Yeah. So we do share a lot of data, share a lot of information. Listen, his turnaround, he struggled in the beginning of the year, there's no doubt, but we only knew, everyone knew it was only a matter of time before he came on, and when he did, watch out. Yeah. Because he was going to come on in full force, and they were able to turn it around, not because of us, they were able to turn it around because of them, because of Antron and his culture and Brian and Mark and all the guys over there, but of course we help each other. We go back and forth and try and share as much information, as much data as we can. And then Antron and I work together on the marketing side as well to try and grow both of our programs. So I think it's just a win-win relationship. Um, you know, there is information that's shared back and forth to a certain extent. And we really just want to help each other uh, and see each other and see both of our programs grow to the heights that we know it can. Listen, you're going to have to console him a little bit because uh, he went small tire uh, Mustang racing <laughs> again last week and or small tire racing down at Bradenton again. And, and it wasn't quite the Cinderella ending that he had the first time he tried it, but he still put on a good display and hung in there with the best of them. But he got bumped off, uh, got bumped off before the final round in the Eliminator. He really did. It's funny you say that. I called him yesterday. I said, hey, B, how'd you do, brother? He said, well, you know, we lost early. We lost in the second round. I said, listen, you're 50%. Right, right now you're one <laughs> right. for two. If you take that winning percentage, you'll take it all day, every day. Yeah. So he's off to a good start, right? No, he absolutely is. And 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 again, you know, you see, um, you know, his effect in this sport. You see what it means to people to meet him in person and to see him in that environment. You know, it's sure the car looks different and doesn't have a nitro motor in it. But I think to me, the one thing that keeps keeps coming across about this experience, and you know, I've been able to witness it firsthand twice now. It's it matters. It does not matter what car anybody is sitting in. It matters what people and how they connect to you. And certainly the guy has got his own almost gravitational pull and he's so great with people. So um, it was really fun to watch again, as you can imagine. Yeah, it was really fun to watch. You know, anytime he hops in a race car, it's fun to watch. But that's small tire racing. Those door cars, man, they are crazy. Yeah, they're fun. Um, they're a blast to watch. I've always loved door cars from you know back in the day when my dad raced pro mods. Sure. So. Um, you know, he was telling me that there was a door car there. I think that set the record. He went like 539 to 270. Yeah, so Eric Dillard, Pro Mod car. Yeah, Eric Dillard had a ProMod card on there, and, and they built this thing. Um, they set it up, I should say, to try to chase the all-time door slammer record, which is a 537 run that was made years ago in, in Bahrain by the E-Canoe team. And um, they ran a 540. And this is quarter mile, of course. 540 at 267. Then they managed to knock it down to a 539 at, at nearly, I think, almost 269 miles an hour. And um, there's there's rumors of guys that are going to be trying 
trying to run 290 uh, with these giant <laughs> turbo cars, and and I don't know. I mean, it's it's it is crazy. We live in these times where it's like we look at a top fuel car that's only running 380s and a thousand feet, and think, man, what's wrong with it? I mean, it's ridiculous, right? <laughs> Right, it's ridiculous. It's funny you look at some of these times and you say, wow, this is crazy. How are these guys doing it? And then you're like, well, I must have a screw loose somewhere because look what we're doing. So you got to take a back, step back right, and realize how far the advancements in technology have come. Right, We were talking throughout the year about the Phillips Connect first to the eighth. Yes. And when you talk about that, really, when you look at it, I mean, they were going 300 miles per hour to the quarter mile. The fact that you can go 300 miles per hour and half the distance to an eighth of a mile now, I mean, it's really incredible how far these cars have come. Well, and that's going to be a big, a big discussion uh, in the early season. The, the Phillips Connect, the thirty thousand dollars bonus to the first person to run three hundred and the eighth, if only because, and you, you know this maybe better than anybody because you've had your own kind of Cinderella weekends at the Gator Nationals. But this idea of this race, you know, it's the first place a pro stock bike went two hundred, the first place anybody went two sixty or two seventy or three hundred. It's almost like tailor made for somebody to try to knock this thing out of the park at Gainesville because of the history and everything that's already happened there. Oh, you're right, and somebody will. It's coming. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it came at Gainesville. You look yeah. at Gainesville, and it's crucial for three different reasons. First of all, it's the opening race of the year, and it's the first yeah. time that we're opening up in Gainesville. Then you have the Pep Boys All-Star call-out yep. for the top fuel cars, so that's the second thing. And the fact that, like you said, the conditions are going to be ripe to go 300 mile per hour to the eighth, and it is historic. It's such a historic racetrack. There's so much history and so much prestige that goes along with it. There are teams that are going to be shooting to be the first to go 300 miles per hour to the eighth. We're going to be one of them. So it's going to be really exciting. I think you'll see a lot of jockeying back and forth, a lot of times from 297 to 299 miles per hour until somebody eclipse that 300 mile per hour mark so it's going to come out hot heavy and exciting right away to start the year it really is and listen uh, as I, you know i'm not an odds maker by any means and, the, and the, the odds will be very long on this but there is potential for somebody to have effectively a triple crown style weekend here right it's a, it's potential that somebody pulls off the phillips connect deal it's put in another one of those you know top tier cars could win the shootout the the pep boys call out race and then then we start talking about the eliminator on sundays and and it is possible that somebody could win all three of them. It is. Speak it into existence, Brian. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's possible. It really is, though. It is. Yeah. You know, it's funny, but it's true. There's so much that's on the line, and somebody could leave with a triple crown. Obviously, we're going to put our best foot forward and focus yeah. on ourselves. We want it to be us. But like we said at the beginning of this, there's so many cars out there that are capable of doing it. Yeah. That's the crazy thing, and I think it's so healthy. It's so good for the sport and so good for the fans to be able to come out and witness a show it's going to be that great and should be like that throughout the entire 2023 season. Yeah, it will. And and listen, I, I want your opinion on the new Mission Foods uh, Too Fast, Too Tasty uh, races or challenge that we're going to be having at several of the events 12 times, I think, over the course of the year for, for Top Fuel between the beginning of the season and uh, when we get into the countdown, that's going to stop and we'll just concentrate on our countdown races. But, you know, to me, this is a great program because anytime I think we can send fans home at the end of the day with a, you know, a, a so to speak winner, uh, whether that's Saturday afternoon because of the the Too Fast, Too Tasty program, or it's Sunday afternoon when they're holding a Wally. I think it, it makes an impactful thing, and to me, it's more money for the teams, and it's more fun stuff for us to scream and yell about in the booth. That's exactly what it is. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I think anytime you get another opportunity to race and turn on a win light, um, you know, it's exciting for the teams, exciting for the drivers, but it's also exciting for the fans, and ultimately, that's what it's about. It's yeah. about putting on a show for the fans, and I really want to thank NHRA and thank Mission Foods for putting this deal on because it's creative. Had we not heard of anything like this before, no one would have thought of it. No. So it's really another creative way to get out there to be able to race competitively, even during qualifying. So there's a lot on the line. You're trying to qualify for the race, improve your position, maybe get into the show, but also win that style of racing. And um, there's a lot, a lot on the line. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be really exciting. It's another really exciting deal that NHRA is doing that should attract more and more fans and get them more and more excited. We talked about it in the previous show, but it's like, to me, whenever to a driver's benefit it's like man i get to i get on a saturday afternoon if i'm involved in this thing and and i'm trying to run for the money i get to place myself in that first round situation it's like anytime i can maybe find that that actual competitive mode as opposed to the you know qualifying mode it's everything's different but mentally if i can place myself in that competition situation the night before i do it for the for real on sunday i think that's a benefit it is. It's definitely a benefit. And look, you try and go up there even during qualifying and act like it's race day and get in the race day mentality. But until you actually have those butterflies, yeah. until you hear the national anthem, 
on Sunday. Yep. You know, there's nothing like it. So to be able to actually put yourself in a position where you get into that mentality and have to get into the mentality on Saturday before race day on Sunday, it's only going to help the drivers get into a better rhythm, see the tree, focus on pedaling maybe in some instances. So it's definitely going to be beneficial for the drivers on Sunday if they're able to participate in that event on Saturday, which then again is dependent upon how they do the race before. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but it could be really, really helpful for certain drivers. So it's interesting, man. We have a we have a small kind of cadre of drivers that have a have an athletic background, right? We got Antron, you play college football, and now we got Chase Van Zandt coming into Pro Stock Motorcycle, who was a college a collegiate long jumper. So I feel like at some <laughs> point we need to create some sort of a, a triathlon or an NHRA decathlon uh, among our drivers with athletic background. Can I sign? Can I can I pencil you on the list? Can I pencil, pencil you on the list? me in? I'm in. Pencil me. In. We'll have to pick a track where there's a lot of area. And we'll be able to do a triathlon <laughs> around the track. Listen, the only thing is, right? It's if you want it, we got to make it fair. Yeah, so if oh, you want absolutely. to see, like, we can have somebody. We'll have to find like a punter or a machine. I have no problem catching <laughs> passes or catching punts. We'll do that. But the problem is, see, if you're going to make me long jump or race Antron. You know, I tend to think they have the advantage. Yeah, I gotta feel. So, I gotta. We gotta feel the events properly. So, so it's a yes. re- reasonably even kill. Maybe I will. I will be on Antron's back during the sprinting portion of that. that. Maybe that'll be the handicap. Fair. That, would, that should be. It's like bracket <laughs> racing, right? right? Or give me a certain head start or something like that. But right. Brian, pencil me in. Okay, I good. am so in for this. Just as long as it doesn't involve like. I'm wrestling with Matt Hagen. No, or buddy. Oh, I'm in. Okay, good. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, the powerlifting portion of this has been removed. <laughs> uh, the buddy Hull would unfortunately dominate that over probably anybody. He might. That would be the one thing I'd like to see. Actually, over the course of this year, if I can get Hull and Hagen into a gym together to see who quits first, that would be a right. that would be a battle right. of attrition, man. That would be something. That would be something. That I hear it now. It could be a Fox special. <laughs> and I could end up in jail or sued by these two guys. Right, right, right. Out. Tony Stewart would kill me. Um, so, and again, kind of a last wrap up here. Uh, we're, te- we're going testing, or you're going testing this week, which is a big deal with Antron. Uh, do you know of other teams that will be down there? Is it a fairly closed, I mean, they're all closed sessions, but is it a relatively small session, or are there a decent amount of teams that are taking advantage of this time? Yeah, from my understanding, um, I think there's going to be one or more, one or two more top okay. fuel cars in addition to Antron and I. I'm not sure who those are. Yeah. Um, I also think that there'll be a few pro stock bikes there. Makes sense. Um, from what I understand, so I think that not only this weekend you're going to see a lot of cars testing, but I think the weekend following and the weekend even after that, I think people will take advantage of that test the week leading up to the Gainesville race because it's important and because it's there, but. You know the weather in Florida. It could go either way. So I think yeah. a lot of teams like us want to make sure that we get laps in before and we have time to actually go back to the shop, regroup, take a look at everything and make any adjustments that we need in preparation for the season. Yeah, and listen, I'm not trying to – we talked about speaking stuff into existence. I'm certainly not just trying to speak this back into existence. But to your point, uh, for those of you that, that may have forgotten, you know, Gainesville last year, it rained like it rained like something out of the Bible for <laughs> effectively six days straight. I mean, we went into eliminations with, what, one round of qualifying. Um, so, yeah, to your, to your point – being able to have something in your back pocket as opposed to as opposed to what we went into last year blind uh, can make all the difference in the world and you know i i am excited for this season because of this this really to me stable environment we're entering in i know you've talked about tommy delago's back obviously mike green's back crew is solid um phillips connect on the race car and and i when i look across this landscape i see a lot of that same story and while it may not be as you know wow exciting as what we saw last year with all the stuff that was flopping around in the off season and in, in my opinion, it's so important to have an off season like this, and for the whole sport, not just for you individually. It just it's it's a good feeling to know that we're on solid footing. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, to know that you're on solid footing is tremendous. And like you said, it's not just our team; it's across the board. It's exciting during silly season, right when there's people moving around left and right. You still see that. Yeah. You still see shifts, crew moving back and forth. It's just going to happen. It's the nature of the business, the nature of the sport. But when there is stability. I like to think it helps teams become better, and it certainly does. And then the competition becomes better, and it's better all the way around for the sport. It's better for the fans. It's better for the team. So there is a certain amount of stability that we've seen uh, throughout this offseason in particular that's going to lend to success for a lot of teams in 2023. Well, Justin Ashley, thanks for taking the time, man. Good luck uh, that the beginning, official beginning of your season with testing this week, and I look forward to uh, speaking with you soon and seeing you at the Gator Nationals. I appreciate it, Brian. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. When we come back in this episode of the NHRA Insider, Cameron Caruso will join us to talk pro stock in 2023 and all the changes going on with that team. Don't go anywhere. 
And we are back with our third guest in this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. She had a rookie season in pro stock. She is the NHRA Rookie of the Year from 2022, and her name is Camry Caruso. Camry, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. And uh, I feel like you've been busy. I saw you at PRI last, and you had a folder full of people and names, and there were sponsorships going out. And, I mean, you've been working. Yes, it's been really busy this off season, but I'm excited. It's going to be a good year. It's definitely a different type of busy, right? It, last year's last year's busy was kind of, kind of praying the part showed up on time and getting tested up and that type of thing. Would you consider this type of uh, or this off season more, I guess, normal in terms of working on the nuts and bolts rather than actually trying to build a race car? It's definitely different. Um, <laughs> I. Last year, we were trying to put a pro stock team together in, like, 60-something days. <laughs> um, this year, I don't really have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, now that I'm part of KB, I kind of – I don't have to worry about engine parts. I don't have to worry about, like, getting everybody flights and hotel rooms. Like, they handle it. Yeah. So, I can focus on making – connections and relationships and just really making it a great year yeah and let's you know that's really one of the biggest stories of the off season is this uh this new this you know the new kb ownership group and kb racing continuing on and ken black stepping aside but obviously the uh the the owners that have taken an interest in that company are hardcore drag racers and how excited are you to have your name as part of kb racing because it is a very storied team i mean i will be completely up front with you i was really I wasn't like a hundred percent in on the idea of it at first because I'm very uh, much a control freak about things. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I don't know about all this. Like, I kind of like having the control and knowing that, like, if something goes wrong, okay, it's my fault. But like, after we like got into it and knowing that who was going to be involved. It was kind of a no-brainer. I was yeah. like, okay, these people are, like, completely professional at this, or have so much experience, have so much success. Like, I can't wait to be a part of something that I can learn so much from. Yeah, and that's uh, to me that's the really exciting thing. And, and for you and your career, I think it's really interesting in that, you know, you, you – this is only your second season, but you carry with you a lot of experience that a lot of drivers never have. This idea of you know thrashing to put the team together and having a lot of that on your own shoulders uh, is a big deal. And, and being able to come into this environment where you don't need to do those specific things, it's still important to have that background, though, and to understand kind of how your career is evolving. And it's, uh, it's just a neat thing to watch. And I feel like for you as a competitor... Um, we're going to have this experience as uh, it's your sophomore year, right? There's, there's nobody going to tell you how to how to go the wrong way to the to home room. You, you know, you know what the layout of the school is, right? Does that nervousness is gone? Yeah, and honestly, you're completely right. I am super grateful and thankful for the experience of doing it how we started because I did learn so much by running a pro team from the logistics to the making sure lunch is scheduled yeah. to making sure we had parts ordered all of that and honestly it's it's such a great experience to have but to be able to come into this year and you know know the lay of the land and know what to expect and can focus on the partnerships and public relations and all of that because that's a huge part of it driving the race car is important don't get me wrong but like you also have to have partners who back you and make sure that you're approachable and everything so i'm excited to learn more on that front this year than i had was able to do last year just because of everything else that i was trying to do yeah and and listen i think it's a big deal you know it's a big deal on so many ways we always talk about you know it sounds cliche but everybody talks about you know building a brand so to speak and and the way you build a personal brand in sports is being in front of people and shaking hands and kissing babies and getting selfies and all that other stuff and you will now basically be able to, I think, in a, in a way, concentrate on building that brand of Camry Caruso in a way that you never have before. You're completely right. It is so important to build yourself a brand and be able to really be out there as much as possible at walking around, talking to the fans, taking selfies, like you said, like doing all of that stuff to be approachable and be relatable and all of that. And I'm excited to be able to be 
on that front a little more this year just yeah. because I don't I love meeting all the different people that come to all the different racetracks I they're honestly all so different at every track yeah I find it really cool yeah, every place we go has its own kind of local flavor, right? And that and that goes for the, really that goes for the fans as well. Um, you mentioned partnerships and and names that are important to kind of associate yourself with in drag racing, and and you work very closely with the people at Wright Trailers. And I, I bring this up because um, you know you made a great announcement of a lot of junior dragster and, and other sponsorships with Wright Trailers at the PRI show as part of the NHRA booth. But man, Wright Trailers is invested in this sport. You know, sponsoring the top sportsmen, top dragster categories, and everything they're doing. Talk a little bit about your association with them and, and what Michael and that whole company is doing for NHRA. So I've been with the right trailers, I believe, for six six or seven years now. I It's been a really long time, and it honestly started as such an organic, like, easy relationship. I actually called them up. I was like, hey, my dad needs a sponsor for a pro mod race. And they just randomly called him out of the blue. And... Um, they kind of just grew from there. And a little bit after that, I took over the sponsorship coordinator position there and kind of started to grow the team. And Mike is an awesome person. He loves the sport. His kids love the sport. His dad loves the sport. So being so involved in NHRA and racing itself is really important to him and his kids. So the NHRA top dragster top sportsman partnership was kind of a no brainer. He runs top dragster. Yeah. Um, and his dad has a top sportsman car that does get run sometimes in super gas. Um, but Mike will be running top sportsman in Gainesville with it. Um, both his kids are in juniors and we kind of were brainstorming the end of last year. Like how can we make this program even better and bigger? And honestly, I was like, well, why don't we start with a junior program? Because yeah, they're the next generation. They We need to get them involved to keep the sport going and growing. And his kids are heavily involved in juniors. They love it. It's They're really good at it, actually. Oh, that's good, and, too. That's a bonus. Yeah. Right? Like, it's really a bonus. His daughter won her, like, second race out <laughs> ever in a junior dragster. I was like, okay, well, this isn't nearly as hard as I anticipated this was going to be. <laughs> good at it um so it was a no-brainer and they were actually a really big part of the junior program like they loved that they have kind of like a second family and like a team to be a part of so it's really awesome we love it i think we have a total of 56 drivers this year between big cars and juniors it's amazing yes it's quite the um, team yeah (laughs) so it's really awesome they're And I think a lot of people are going to learn this year a lot more about Ray Trailers, that it's not just a race trailer dealership. It's equipment, it's oil field, it's dump trailers, it's enclosed, it's concessions trailers. They really offer so many different trailers for anything you can think of. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's it's yeah. Then that's the neat thing too that it's not simply it's not simply and listen, they do a great amount of business and stacker trailers and stuff like that. But this idea that it kind of touches all touches all areas because let's be honest, uh, this is a sport that is in many ways built on people that uh, have created businesses or are in business for themselves and and across yeah. all those industries. Uh, that's a that's a really neat kind of fun fact. I didn't know that about ride trailers. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to get out there and get in the public and kind of really get people to realize, okay, this is an all around company. And I'm actually working with a lot of our drivers right now on, Hey, let's make connections between companies you work with and us. Let's bring them all together. So everybody benefits. And so I'm really excited to get that out in the open and let people realize, Hey, if you have a connection, call me and let's make something happen. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great approach. And you know, speaking of making connections, I feel like I saw a video of a of a new a new pro stock driver uh, that you might have been working with down there in Bradenton a little while back. And this is a guy who has a lot of, of pro mod experience. So, are we going to see Eric Latino in a pro stock car this year? Honestly, I don't know. He is, <laughs> he um he wants to um drive a pro stock car for sure, but he also understands that. 
he's not going to do it full time. Yeah. He has a huge company. Yes. That he has grown um, to crazy, like crazy size. Okay. Um, they actually opened up their U.S. location a couple months back, I believe, um, out in Troutman, North Carolina. So he just has so much on his plate yeah. that I don't really know where he's going to find the time, but I know he's super eager to do it. And they were testing the Pro Mod car at the U.S. Yeah, U.S. Street Nationals. Yep. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, I, I saw know. him there. We'll see. Yeah, and look, I think what's interesting is in in that perspective, you know, uh, years ago or several years ago, we would have said, well, hey, it doesn't matter if he runs a whole season because you know at this point there's only this X amount of cars, so if he even shows up to half the races, he'll make the countdown. But that is not the case now. The the the, the fact of the matter is, we're going to have between sixteen and eighteen full time pro stock cars this year. And so if you have designs on being competitive beyond just a single weekend and, and you're not planning on showing up to every race, it's it's basically uh, it's basically you're just doing it for kicks. But, I mean, it is going to be serious this year. Well, like that, that's saying a lot as well because, first off, there's going to be hopefully more than full fields at yeah. every race. Yep. And I also think that a lot of the – and this might be a little bit controversial. Go for it. I don't think that just anybody should be allowed in the countdown. Like it's a yeah. supposed to be a privilege. I'm it's with supposed you. to be an accomplishment. So like you need to earn your spot in it. I'm with you. And like I know that a lot of people might find that a little aggressive, but we're out here spending a lot of I don't know what other teams spend, but I know what we spend and we're spending a lot of time partners money like sponsorship money and efforts to be out there every race and do good so i feel like you should be rewarded by getting into the countdown and it shouldn't just be a hey you showed up and gave your effort you're in yeah and listen i think to me i agree with you 100 uh as controversial as it is or it is and i i do agree with you 100 and i feel like um the level of you know, drama that would add on a week to week basis would be insane because there, you know, there is a comfort level of knowing that you're going to be in. Now, that being said, if you go in as the 15th or 16th car, you know, you know, unless the earth stops rotating or goes backwards, there's no chance you're going to win a championship. But to your point, it's more prestigious when there are 10 spots. And if you are number 11, so, so sorry, bad luck. I mean, it, it is and has been the nature of drag racing for a really long time that you either qualify or you don't not well you're here so you can race on sunday and it's kind of that's kind of like yeah. the overgrown version of it right that i agree with you 100 percent, and that doesn't i'm not by any means trying to discredit the teams that do try really hard no, i get your point yeah i i mean i i'm thankful that anybody who comes to race is there because it makes it more competitive but at the end of the day like i think that would add a lot of like you said drama and suspense and kind of like motivation to it yeah is if you you have to earn your spot and eric knows that and he knows that he can't commit to a full season with kb and his companies so he he's kind of just going to do it on his own terms i think yeah and that's like a good way to be i think yeah it is because you don't have false expectations yeah and listen he can pick his spots and uh maybe go where it'd be most beneficial for the team i mean that's kind of a fun thing too he can he can play a, a very interesting kind of wild card role uh and that's in that him. sense he's a wild card like <laughs> that's completely him he's and i was actually talking to him yesterday him and my dad are kind of like two peas in a pod in the entertaining aspect of things <laughs> they love the hospitality stuff like they love to entertain people I was like, Eric, you're going to be there entertaining people no matter what. Just pick and choose. <laughs> right, like, right. You know you're going to be there entertaining people. So that's kind of like perfect spot for him is he can kind of come in and shake up the cards a little bit. Yeah. No, it's good. And just hang out. Yeah, no, that uh, that all seems to make a whole lot of sense. You know, we talked about the countdown for a couple of minutes ago, and I want to bring up. Uh, I'm not. I don't think it's a sore subject because it's a learning year subject. But the countdown for you guys did not exactly go smoothly, <laughs> right? Let's just let's just put it no. that way. The countdown for your team did not exactly. It was not exactly a downhill slide. And and if you look back on that, if you look back on it now, and and you think about it, and and you consider that. One, you can take this away as a rookie season, and you learned a lot. But what do you, what do you attribute some of those struggles to over the course of the countdown? Honestly, like you said, and 
now that it's kind of behind us during it, if you would have said that to me, I probably would have been like, dude, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right, <Leave me> right. <laughs> but now that it's behind us and we're really get, gearing up for a really exciting 2023, the countdown was hard. Like we started the year really, really strong. Yeah. Like I was actually so impressed with my guys. I was like, oh my God. This is insane. We're and then it, it kind of like yeah. started to go downhill, and I was like, okay, what's happening? Like, th- this has got to stop. <laughs> like, I am not okay with this, guys. <laughs> and it kind of just got worse, and yeah. then we'd see a little bit better, and then it got worse again. And I was like, okay, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the countdown was really hard for us this year, and anybody who knows me. And my family knows that we're really passionate about anything that we do. So it definitely was a learning curve. And I guess you could say it's part of the rookie struggle. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know really what went wrong because we were doing all the right things. Like we tested. We made sure everything was fresh. Like we did everything you were supposed to do. So I guess I don't really have a good explanation of okay what went wrong and why did it go wrong and look i think i think we see a situation like this in sports and any sport a lot and it's almost like it's almost like you get into a batting slump and you and you get so concentrated on all right i'm going to see the hitting coach three times a day i'm going to take two hours extra batting practice for the games and it's like you almost work yourself backwards right you almost get so obsessed with fixing the problem that you can't see it for what it is Exactly. And I think that is exactly what happened to us. And I had a few conversations with my dad throughout that. And I was like, what is wrong with us? Like, I do. This is not fun. Like, (laughs) I am not having fun. I am not having fun. And I am not happy about this. (laughs) And like, you could see it in Indy. Um, The Amanda said it to me at that top end. I think one of the qualifiers, I don't remember, but it was a really bad race. And, um, I was almost in tears at the top end because I was so frustrated. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand what is like what to do. Like I'm doing everything. Like I'm shifting good. I'm leaving good. Like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and and then we made a really good run, and I was just like, then I was in happy tears because I was like, oh my god, is it turning around? <laughs> right. If we figured it out, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It just it was a tough end of the year for us, and. I think you're right. We kind of got so focused on, okay, extra this, extra that, focus on this, that it kind of just made it worse. Yeah, and it happens. Uh, it definitely it definitely happens in, in any sort of sport or pursuit. Uh, last question for you, Camry. When, uh, when does testing start for the team, or has it already started? What's, uh, what's that looking like? <laughs> well, testing in the shop has started a long time ago. They've been on the yeah. dyno nonstop. Um, but I think we're going to test towards – uh, in February okay. a few times and then right before Gainesville which is kind of to be expected yep. so I'm excited and I've been to the shop a whole bunch since the whole thing and the guys the way they do things and the way they take care of the cars and look for new things it's just really awesome to watch well it is and, and I guess the last thing uh, the last thing that's interesting to me for your for your second year is that you're going to have these resources in the Dallas Glens of the world and in the the Kyle Koretskis of the world and the Greg Andersons of the world that you know you are now aligned with them as teammates so these conversations change where it's a difference of asking the person across the pit area hey how are you doing this or what are you doing inside the car versus somebody who actually has an interest in seeing you succeed right it's a very different thing honestly I will say and they were all really great to me last year. Dallas, especially like, even though we weren't teammates at that point, they were all really accepting of me and really helpful. Like Dallas gave me so many pointers even last year Yeah, that like, and all of that. But now this year having Kyle and Dallas and Greg, it's just, they all have so much more experience in pro stock and, I'm really looking forward to having them on my side and learning from them and just taking it all in. It's going to be fun to watch Cameron. and you'll have the best seat in the house from the driver's seat. She'll be testing in February. We'll, of course, see her at the Gator Nationals. Cameron, thank you for taking some time today. Thank you. Talk to you soon. When we come back, I'll wrap up this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast, and we'll get set up for next week's show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere.
And with three great conversations had and three great conversations closed, we end this episode of the NHRA Insider. Really fun to catch up with Tim Wilkerson, Justin Ashley, and Camry Caruso. Certainly a uh, maybe a different tone in Camry's voice this year. I find it to be interesting. She knows that she is uh, in for a great season and she is going to deliver the goods as a driver. For Justin Ashley, talking about that idea of coming back into the fold with a championship uh, near miss, if you will, under his belt, understanding what those pressures are. And for Tim Wilkerson, this is one of the most momentous moments of his career getting with the Maynard family racing team and certainly with uh, Skag having them as a primary sponsor this year you can hear it in his voice how excited he is to attack 2023 in a way that maybe he has not necessarily been to attack been able to attack seasons previous despite the fact that he's been one of the most fearsome cars out there so all of that is great when we come back for next week's episode we'll have some updates on runs that were made in these testing sessions that are going on uh, clandestinely this week we got people out there listening we'll get you some information so you know who's fast and who isn't we'll get you more breaking news in the world of drag racing and we'll be one week closer to the running of the amley oil nhra gator nationals to kick off our season in march the nhra beginning of our season is just around the corner it feels far away but trust me it's not we're getting closer by the day thanks for watching this episode or listening to this episode of the nhra insider we'll see you again next week